What you get when you get a Canadian Gambian, a Kenyan, and a Gambian on a podcast? Well, we don't argue about Jalaf, that's for sure. Well, welcome to the Africans. We talk all for of Canadian and African football because we'll be the Africans if we can do both. Join your host to question with talks with Nelson, Mo, and brings plethora of guests and talks to national teams in Canada to feature the sport as well as African players, African teams, and all the fun around it. So you sit back and enjoy the show. That's a good reason to know. Hey, hey. you, you got to work out all the <laughs> health health works. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, man, we are, what is it, day four of the World Cup now? Let's go. It's it's day four of the World Cup, I think. And I was generally going to say this, but it's true. Um, if you concede a penalty early, mm. you usually lose that game. It's a guaranteed loss. Because it's a guaranteed loss, which it happened to Argentina. They yep. get the penalty, then lose to Saudi Arabia 2-0. Yeah, yeah. Germany wins the penalty. Yeah, yeah. Lose to Japan this morning. That mm. game turned around quick. And, and for some reason, that's a theme. When another team gets going, it's quick. It's like oh, yeah. 10 minutes max. Then there's two. Then there's two goals there, and you're like, "What just happened?" So, but the uh, the thing about four results today, yeah. Ju- go to that. Go to that. Yeah, I th- I think the thing about Japan that's so poignant is, first of all, mm. that's always been the type of team that they are. They've always been a mm. tack minded team, a a team basically that you you know like it's until the final whistle, like don't. You could be four one up against them. They will attack you, regardless of the situation. By the way, most of the time it's it's to the detriment of the team, because if you remember the Belgium game where they should have won, and then they instead yes. of like yes. instead of hey let's just back away, let's hold a game, they they messed it up. They screwed it up. Yeah. So. In this game, it worked because, to me, Germany also felt like, okay, this is going to be a draw. Like, yeah, they were attacking, and yes, there were... Mm-hmm. You know those certain games you feel like, it doesn't matter what we do here, this is going to be a draw? That's what Germany... I think Germany had a legit... Dude, they hit the post. Okay, Gunnar yeah. hit the post. There are multiple chances that they should have buried the Japanese goalkeeper. Agreed. Apologies, I don't remember his name. He he was outstanding. And by the way, yeah, I need was. to give yeah. some respect to Japan because mm. I didn't realize the Japanese team is legit. Like all these players, a lot of them play in Europe. Oh. I didn't know that. I was hey, oh. my bad. Good team. I can't complain. That was a good yeah. game, man. No complaints. It was a good game. It was a nice wake up in the morning, just like, oh, Germany is up. Japan is squared. 
And then it was, Germany, are you okay? Like, you want to talk about this? Mario Gortz just came onto the pitch, and it's not 2014. Are you sure you're okay? Are you okay? But, no, I, I, I think... I think, like, the beginning of the game, when... Uh, mm-hmm. I'm going to butcher people's names here, but uh, Maeda, the uh, Celtic player, when he... Him, I know. When... Yeah. When Maedo went through, <laughs> when Maedo went through, I, I was like, that ball was so perfect that he didn't mm. need to be offside. Like people, I don't know if you watch the game, but like the first, the first goal technically was a, a um, a Japanese goal that was ruled offside, mm. obviously because the guy was legit a yard offside. Yes. But, mm. bruv. The signs were there that J- Japan is not a joke. Particularly counter-attacking-wise, yes. they are so technical. It was funny. I was literally talking. Yes. I was talking as the the game was going, and I said, you know one thing about Japanese players is they have technique, man. And the ball, <laughs> and that was the long ball, the, the actual <laughs> goal. Yeah. And I was like, oh, oh shit. And at first, I'm like, no way he's going to score. Like, against Neuer? Near post? At that Are angle? Are you dumb? Ooh. No chance. Bro, that shot was rifled. He had no ch- But even yeah. if you look, Neuer was wrong. Because Neuer was, had stepped away yeah. from the, the goal post. He literally left. Yeah, he moved from the post. Um, yeah. yeah, he moved enough for him to take that. Like, get, It's still a ridiculous shot, but it's all Neuer's fault. Neuer should have. He's a big dude, mm-hmm. Neuer. He should have covered all of that, man. Yes. Either way, Japan... He made himself small, but then didn't make himself big again. Yeah, but yeah, true. Yeah. Either way, Japan, unbelievable. I'm liking this World Cup already. We've got two big <sighs> upsets. Um, we, yeah. we know what our boys did. Uh, powerful form. We'll get to them later. We'll yeah. get to them. We'll, we don't we'll to talk about it. But, uh, yeah, okay. man. Still... Yeah. No, that was that game. And then 11 this morning, we had Croatia-Morocco, which to me felt like a tactical draw. Dude, that was was such a good game. Okay. Yeah. We need to put some respect on Morocco. We really need to put some respect. Yes, we do. Because they made Croatia sweat. Now, let's be honest. This is not a prime Croatia team. I think if... If the it's Croatia not. from four years ago played Morocco, this is like a 4 nil game. This Morocco team, it's a different animal, yeah. Yeah, this is a 4 nil game. But like, Hakimi, bro, mm. that guy has a shot on him. Like, mm-hmm. Honestly, that is the best right back in world football. Period. I'm not end disputing of, that. It's, it's end of discussion. Like, it, No, because the argument used to mm-hmm. be it's between... Trent, Hakimi, Riz yeah. James. Mm-hmm. That, that those are the top three, and clearly mm-hmm. Trent was better than um, Trent was definitely better than Reese James. I preferred Reese because mm-hmm. he's more defensive, but offensive wise, he was uh, Trent had cleared him. But now Hakimi always was mm-hmm. a good defender, and you could see it in that game. But his offensive 
capabilities are ridiculous. Mm. Bufal yes. played well as per usual. I love Bufal. I think he's actually a really good um, attacker, really good mm. striker. I really hope that... Um, well, he's in a good team, but he's always been one of those players. I, rem- I remember him from FIFA 13 because I remember buying him. Yeah. And he was a beast. Memories. No, straight facts. That's how I remember. Like, let's, a, a lot of people, you learn about these young mm-hmm. players when they're like 18, when they're playing in, you know, rec leagues. <laughs> you know, Belgium League 1 or, sorry, Belgium League 2. You know, just as they move up to Anderlecht or something. But no, he was he had pace. I remember him very well. But that was a good game. But the problem with that though is let's be honest. In their group, Croatia is the beatable team. So mm-hmm. Canada's going to be a problem. Like even though they lost, yes. Canada's a problem. Canada will yeah. match them for energy. Canada will match them for pace. Because Hakimi's quick, Davis is quick. Davids is mm-hmm. quick. Like, those mm-hmm. guys are quick, quick. So it's going to be a long yes. night if you're going mm-hmm. to play. But again, another thing, yes. low blocks. Thank you. All we've been asking for. Low blocks make things tough for the team. But what? funnily enough, that actually played to Croatia's advantage because Croatia has slow midfielders. Yep. So for them, they're like, yeah, you guys just sit back. Exactly. I've got Modric who can ping balls at any point. Yeah, go ahead. Modric is happy about that stuff. But like, Exactly. But you know what? That game if, was, yeah, it was a game of chess. Yeah. If, if Morocco plays Belgium, of which they will, <laughs> when Morocco plays yes, Belgium, <laughs> Belgium is going to be an interesting game because... Actually, Belgium mm-hmm. is a bad matchup because of De Bruyne. If there's someone who can unlock that, yes, that 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 really tight defense, it's De Bruyne. But Canada mm-hmm. will be yes a really good game because Canada will stretch them. Yes, but still, Canada Morocco will say them. you. Canada is going to look. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. I don't want to cover like the, the Morocco Croatia game is literally tactical. It was a tactical yeah. chess match. Yeah. Draws. Morocco was staying in shape, and Croatia was like, "You want to sit low? We don't really want to run, so no, that's fine. We'll we'll try to pass our way through this." And they had some success, couldn't finish in the final third, but still, that draw gives. Again, we'll get to Canada shortly because let's be mm-hmm. real. Um, Costa Rica and Spain was a scrimmage. Um, I Bro, that wasn't a game, Luis. Luis that was and a, Fernando bro, I, I, I tuned in when it was 3-0 up. And Please? then I watched, like, Ansu, I think it was Ansu Fati. Like, dribble past, like, three players. I'm like, all right, done. We're done. I'm not even joking. I legit, I tuned in at a random point. So 3-0. Mm. And I saw Ansu Fati taking a piss. Turn off, the, turn off my TV and just moved on. I'm like, and then I saw the score seven nil. I'm like, yeah, of course it's going to be seven nil. Yeah, of course. No, the issue with with Costa, with a team like Costa Rica is they played, and mm. it's the same conversation that you have with some with some Concacaf teams, which is 
they have one game plan, right? And this is, if you listen to some U.S. fans, they have this criticism of their coach as well, which is there's one strategy. And when things are, he's, the U.S. coach is late to adjust. Yeah. Costa Rican coach doesn't adjust at all. Yeah. He does not adjust at all. He's no. going to play a low block and he's playing with the team. He's playing with the class of 2014 in 2022. Mm -hmm. Like, Wow. You know what? One of the things we... Oh, are you gone? Are you back? Hello? Okay. Now, when it gets to this, uh, the Canada-Belgium matchup, Canada losing 1-0 to Belgium, I know the story is going to be the missed penalty. But to me, I mean, Canada played a great first half. But the game, the balance of the game was just in the fact that at this level, the margins are different. Um, Canada had, what, 21 shots? Couldn't get one past Coltois. And then Belgium had one solid chance and they put it away. At this level, the margins are so finite but also the experience on the pitch is one of maximizing an efficiency they can take advantage of their one opportunity and you saw that with with the upsets it was maybe three shots on frame two goals two shots on frame one goal and so when you look at canada they played a great game can they replicate it maybe they certainly have the attention of the group um, and it's definitely a tough group. And I think for the fans of Canada who walked into this thinking, you know, maybe we'll get a good performance. You played with house money. Now you're realizing, wait a minute. <laughs> I'm playing with house money, but like, I belong in this house. Now this is where the pressure gets there. I, I think if you're Canada, just relaxing. Getting someone, what we saw with this team in qualifiers is that once they get one, they certainly go fish for two and three. So they are certainly a team that's going to be chasing. If they can get one, it'll open the floodgates for them. And again, I think that 2014 Algeria comparison is a good one. You know, losing to Belgium in the first game, they did. And then they beat South Korea 4-2, then tied Russia. That's what Algeria did in 2014. I think it's a comparable team where they have pace. They have exciting players on the wings, and they have a fearlessness to them. I think that's a fair comparison to them. 2014 Algeria to this year's Canada, maybe a little bit more pace for Canada, but still, I think they certainly can push and do something when it comes to that. But yeah, Belgium got the result, and there's nothing against that. But yeah, if you're Canada, they definitely have shown they deserve here. We get to the Friday games. We're going to put everything together for this. First game, Switzerland won Cameroon. Ironically, you're dealing with it from a standpoint of you have Mbolo who scores, who was born in Cameroon, scored against Cameroon, didn't celebrate. Oh, the irony of that. But yeah, Switzerland gets the result, and Switzerland just been grinding results out. They've been playing well, but they haven't looked too impressive. But then again, in this group, they just need to be second best, and... 
In that group, they have Serbia and Brazil. We'll get to the Serbia-Brazil matchup later. But they got the result, and now they're in the poll. They're in the spot they need to be, which is second place, because Brazil has the goal difference. But yeah, Switzerland getting that result looks good for them. Cameroon had moments. They definitely had moments, but I'm not sure if they're going to be able to sustain this over the entire tournament. For my money, I think they, of the five African teams, I think they are at the bottom of the list, which is a controversial statement to say because Ghana is ranked lower than them, but I think Ghana is a better team, and we'll get to them a little bit later on. But as it stands, Cameroon, unable to get the results. Switzerland with two, with a goal, meaning they three points will be there. Next game of the day, Uruguay versus South Korea. This game has the dubiousness of having one shot on target. Two teams who are very either very nervous or couldn't really finish and were able to get one shot on target combined. Of the 17 shots they took, Uruguay had more of the ball, but again, <laughs> one shot on target. Now, that is very interesting, but the draw keeps them alive, and because there's the draw, it does keep all the teams alive here, but yeah, not much to talk about this game (laughs) other than, yeah, Uruguay and both, I think both, how they both play may leave more of themselves left into the squad. And (laughs) what I'm trying to say is I feel that their style, the strategy that they use will keep teams into the game, especially if they're not finishing their chances. Now, maybe it's just the first matchup, but yeah, it leaves much to be desired. We move. <laughs> Ghana versus Portugal. Uh, Portugal winning 3-2. to two. Um, Or in every Ghanaians and everyone who is not a fan of Ronaldo. It should have been 2-2. Two, two. I don't know how they call that a penalty. I've rewatched it. And the question is, what is the point of having VAR if you're not going to use it to check? The Ghanaians were asking for him to go check but he wouldn't he waved it off he said no the ref did and man it's i've rewatched it so no goals in the first half in that game ronaldo earns the penalty in the 64th minute puts it away in the 65th minute man there's just i don't see that as a penalty but okay they viewed it as a penalty and they gave it and Ronaldo scores. First male to score in five consecutive World Cups. Good for him. But the first half was Ghana just defending and trying to go out. And I feel that as much... And I was on a stream when we were talking about this. And I think it's true. I think Ghana gave Portugal a bit too much respect. Not that Portugal didn't wasn't a good team. But Ghana has the ability to, to play with a lot more teams than they than people give them credit for. And Ghana truthfully I think this game turns right around the 75th minute. Um and that's where substitutions are made. So Cristiano Ronaldo scores in the 65th minute. Andre Ayew responds off of a cross that goes through a defender's legs and Ayew puts it away and it's 1-1. Right, and then this is where it gets interesting, and I remember being somewhat critical of this. 
So that happens, and then there's two moves that that happen. Jordan Ayu comes in for Andre Ayu, and then Osman Bukhari comes in for Muhammad Kudus. And Bukhari, who is a winger, Ayu, who is a winger, and you took out a, essentially a striker and a midfielder, your, your attacking midfielder. So it gives us more context. Ghana started off in the 5-4-1, right? They had the three center backs, Baba Rahman and Ali Dusedu. And then they took off Jordan, Andre put in Jordan and they put Osman there. So they had essentially a 5-2-3. And on the second goal, it's just a ball that's played in. Jordan lets it roll over. It's turned over and Portugal comes back. It is badly judged by the fullback. Which which opens up the pathway for Zhao Felix to put it away, and it's two one. So then you have two goals in five minutes, essentially. And I was I was critical because I think as for as good as as the Ghanaians played, waking up in the second half and getting goals. That move, if you're gonna take off a midfielder, especially like. Mohamed Kadus, you have Kofi Trey on the bench. Use him. Use you if you're gonna replace, replace like for life or add something. In this, they left the midfield too bare, and that left a lot to be desired. Two minutes later, Rafael Leao puts it away again. I look at the replay. He definitely looked offsides. The ref didn't go check that. So it's three one at that point. In the 80th minute. So in seven minutes, there's three goals. Fast forward five more, nine more minutes. Osman Bukhari puts one away in the 89th minute. We get an additional nine minutes of additional time. And <laughs> a moment where we all collectively hold our breaths. Diogo Costa saves the ball. Looks like he's going to see it out. Inyaki Williams stock stays in the goal behind and waits. Costa plays the ball to play it on his feet. Inyaki goes to try to catch the keeper, but on the turn slips, isn't able to make contact. Now on replays and still images, you see Costa with a hand on the foot, and then there's a foot that prevents the shot to go through. Ultimately, the ball is cleared, but that was the chance. Ghana could have Ghana could have got away and got the draw, but they weren't able to. 3-2. Portugal looked good, but Ghana definitely up their their credibility in this group and playing the team that they're playing next, it really does make you think. Again, I've said this about Group H. No matter put all the teams in a hat. Pick any two, and I won't be surprised if they get out of the group. I think Group H was the toughest group for me to call because I believed with the new players coming to Ghana and everyone else, I think it'd be a lot closer than people realized. And that's true. That group and Group F, F and H are turning into very much groups that we cannot tell who's going to do what. And that's exciting. 
That follows up then with the last game of the day, Brazil versus Serbia. Richarlson decided to show and remind us of his remarkable skill. And if you look at him from last summer up till now, I mean, what hasn't this player done? He's won a gold at the Olympics, played well at Everton, got his move, and now is the starting nine on one of the better Brazil teams that we've seen. Two goals for him. And, I mean, Brazil, by the time... It was interesting if you look at both games. Neymar, and to an extent when Ronaldo left for Brazil and Portugal, respectfully, it looked like the teams had a little bit more fluidity, a little bit more bump, and a little bit more life in them. That's not to say that those players are a detriment to their teams, but I think with any team, when you have a player who is regarded in that way, things tend to always funnel through him. But, man, Brazil certainly looked the part. Second half team looked very good. With Charleston at this point with the goal of the tournament. I'm sorry. Just, just If you haven't seen it, the second goal, it, it is beautiful. It is nothing but beautiful. So with that being the case, Brazil wins that. They are with Switzerland at the top of Group G with three points. And we get ready for Day 1 of Game Day 2. So the two matchups have now begun. Every team's getting their second matchups. And tomorrow we have Wales-Iran in the morning, Qatar-Senegal after that, usa England at the end of the day, and the Netherlands and Ecuador. I think all these teams are still alive. Wales and Iran. Wales getting their draw against the U.S. now, playing Iran. Hopefully, if Wales is able to be clinical, they put this game away. Senegal should dispatch Qatar, but we've seen stranger things happen. The Ecuador-Netherlands matchup is intriguing. Anna Valencia versus Cody Gatpo, Memphis Depay, and Co. And then the battle of, what is it, 70-76 again? USA-England. How interesting and fun. We'll see how it goes. It's an interesting matchup. If you're on YouTube watching this, guys, let us know what you think. Who do you like in the matchups? If you're on the pod, make sure you give us a like. Give us the ratings and just keep on growing your profile, man. That's that's enough for the last two days. Quick note, there won't be any videos for tomorrow. We're going to combine Friday and Saturday for Saturday nights, and that will go up on Saturday evening slash Sunday morning. So, guys, keep that in mind. But until then.